Yeah, just a, What's a doing It will be great. It is great. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Ruminations from the Red Room. We are with Hoptimus, host of the hot new podcast, Retro Futurist Culture. What's going on? See what's up and have him tell us a little bit about what's coming and what we can expect from this new podcast. Hoptimus, what's happening, man? Not much, sir. Thank you for inviting me on the show. I've always enjoyed not only listening to Ruminations from the Red Room, but being a guest on Ruminations from the Red Room is always a good time. We've had a lot of fun. We've had some uh, lengthy discussions and debate and laughs and enjoyed some beverages. And I, I cannot wait. I'm very, very serious, man. I'm really excited. When you pitched your podcast, I was like immediately engorged. So tell us about it. Uh, well, I mean, basically you, you threw out a nice invitation and said, Hey, you know, uh, why don't you bring some of your creative vision over to the red room? And I said, that would be awesome because as much as I love, I don't know anybody else knows I, I co-host a video game podcast and that's a lot of fun, but I have a lot of other interests, um, and hobbies and, um, one of the things I've always been fascinated by is like alternate future, alternate timelines, uh, movies that have been made where our futures turned out differently and doing some research. It has a term and it's called retro future. And I thought, well, this would be fun, uh, something to explore that maybe not a lot of other people have. Or, and maybe there's other people that are excited by this topic. It's kind of a fun thing to analyze and pinpoint why we do so many of these things the genre cyberpunk or steampunk yeah. comes right out of this kind of subject um you know there's always uh movies and tv shows with retro timelines lots of science fiction is kind of based on these theories there's the theory of the multiverse more and more science is coming out that we're actually living in a multiverse, mm -hmm. which like blows my mind a little bit. And it's just something fun to talk about. And I love the idea of analyzing how mankind um, looks at its projected history in fiction culturally to help analyze where they're at in the present. You know, a lot of times we're, we're looking at a dystopian future because we ruined the planet and yeah. And that's these creative artists like telling you guys, hey, everybody, we're, we're, we're killing the planet, guys. Wake up. And everybody's like, cool. Um, you know, I was chatting with some of the other hosts that are going to be on the network. And they just kept, kept coming back to this, uh, this uh, comment about your topic that a lot of people don't even recognize that they're into it or that, that they are, you know, in, indulging in retro future uh, stuff. So what are some of the works that you think are kind of like seminal to the, to the whole, to the, to the genre? Like, um, a lot of people don't even recognize that that's what they're into. Yeah, if like. you love Mad Max, you love yeah. retro future. If you love Blade Runner, you love retro future. I, I could even stretch this a little bit. If you love Star Wars, you probably love retro future. Star Wars. Right, kind of Warren universe kind of thing. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I mean far, far Star away. Wars is, is a weird amalgam where they're in this weird space fantasy world, but they're still using CRT televisions or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like kind of one of those weird 
things. They have a weird backwards and forwards technology. It's not quite how the technology curve works. Um, There's many of other genres, um, video game wise, like the Gears of War games were one of the first games where I really saw that because they're they're on an alternate earth and it's almost like um like the cold war never ended and we never got like flat screens or anything because they're still crts they're still using like really heavy like nuclear style weapons they yeah um so when you were kind of like tossing about what the because i mean i you're a man i know to have and you even mentioned it like a ton of different passions and you dive like headfirst into so many of the things that you love what do you think was one of like the factors that pushed you over the edge to choose this as the thing you wanted to explore? Uh, I think the main thing was I didn't, I haven't really seen anybody else like talk about this as a focal point of a show or a discussion. Uh, It's not, it's definitely not too mainstream, but I think as like you said, more people listen to it or find out about it, they may realize that they're actually like, Oh, I actually do like that genre. If you like anything that is, most things science fiction you could almost call retro future right because we're writing a future that we don't know is going to happen and a lot of times you look at science fiction from the past like science fiction that was written in the 50s or 60s where it was the 1980s or 1990s it's a totally different timeline than where we actually went and it's fun that that stuff's really fun to look at like uh, terminator terminator one you look at the timeline right judgment day well it's happened (laughs) We're all Coming good. On. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner's yeah. timeline. We've already hit that timeline. Now with the fires in California, it kind of looked like it, but it still wasn't Blade Runner. Um, sure. Things like that. Uh, and I think uh, even just uh, analyzing culture over the years and seeing what they hoped for the future can lend some insight into what could be a better future. I think one of the, the, for me, that the uh, interesting angles is the idea that science fiction sometimes dreams up these things and then real world science tries to achieve them. I don't know if that's, if that's something. Yes. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So is that, um, is, is that something that gets brought up? Something you've looked at? Yeah, um, specifically, <laughs> right, the hoverboard. If you look at the work that Sid Mead did, who is the designer on Blade Runner, mm-hmm. um, he's done a lot of movies. He also did some anime. He did work for Mobile Suit Gundam, stuff like that. He was a what they called a futurist. He was actually one of the inspirations for the show. Yeah. Um, uh, he came from a pseudo engineering and architectural background, so. Um, and you can see where he was projecting some of those. And some of those designs from Blade Runner, I mean, it's just interesting. You, you see trends that happen. They come and go. In the 80s, we definitely had an angular trend on all vehicles and tech, yeah. right? Everything was really hard angles. It looked really I, – I still think it looks cool, man. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. A 1988 Lamborghini Countach looks awesome even today, right? Um, yeah. It probably is not as aerodynamic as the newer Lamborghinis, but it still looks cool. Um, And that's another thing that's interesting to look at is like some designs I think are timeless and they hold up and they look beautiful no matter what era they're from. And you can kind of put them in any era and you'd be like, oh, that fits. Yeah. Uh, Some designs you look at and they're just terrible. 
Um, some beautiful examples though, because someone designed that not to make it look like the past. Like a lot of people, like when they go to design, uh, whether it's a new car or whether it's a stereo equipment, no one wants to design some stuff that looks old fashioned necessarily. I mean, there are times when people do that, but you design it to look hot. Yeah. And And sometimes that works. (laughs) That's a whole nother episode. We go nuts on (laughs) Especially with some of the newer, the newer cars that are trying to look like classic muscle cars. Some of them look really good. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like old sci-fi where you had a sci-fi city and the the giant moving billboards and everything was lit up. That has come to pass. That you know, has, you know. But and also like certain things. Um, like cell phones and the mm-hmm. Apple Watch, that was all. I mean, you could go back to Dick Tracy for the Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just fun to look at technology through culture, specifically fictional culture, and how we've taken technology and used it in fiction to try to project our thoughts on what what is either wrong with mankind or how we can help mankind and tell a good story in a Mm -hmm. tragic world. Um, Most of this genre discusses how, you know, mankind is in a dystopia, almost all of them. Yeah. That's what has happened is that we've, we've destroyed our own planet either through war, through famine, through wasting resources, or in some cases like an alien attack um, our own technology coming to bite us in the ass yes yes like terminator and all that stuff and it's just really fun i'm going to be looking at we're going to and we're going to look at a number of sources we're going to be looking at books we're going to be looking at comic books we're going to be looking at film we're going to be looking at anime we're going to be looking at video games and sometimes we'll be looking at all of them in one episode um we're going to be looking at a lot of stuff they just uh, i just got the newest Ghost in the Shell 4K of the original anime movie, and that movie's still really amazing. And you can still see the influence of that movie on Hollywood movies that happened after, I mean, up till now, mm-hmm. and games. Uh, I'd like to do a whole episode on that soon and discuss why it's such a seminal piece of work in this particular genre. And really quite the crossover uh, at the time for to for American audiences to be introduced to that. Yeah, it was one of the that was right where it was a make or make it or break it point for anime mm-hmm. in the West. Like, uh, I mean, anime geeks here were. I mean, I got into it when I was like six, seven years old in like '84, mm-hmm. um, and that hit the West in '95. And by that point, all of us kids, a group in the eighties, we were the ones buying the VHS releases and stuff. And so when that hit the theater and we told our friends and anime, you know, it was a mature themed movie for a lot of people. That's the first anime they saw because a friend showed it to them and they're like, wow, this is really cool. How, how many more animes are like this? They're like, Oh, there's a lot. Um, and just like, just like everything else, anime has different voices right not all anime is ghost in the shell right you have comedy mm-hmm. anime sci-fi anime serious anime all that so what i wanted to ask you is do you think that as far as a culture that that kind of thing is coming out of out of japan uh for a particular reason is, i mean are, are they more prolific in the retro future in that portraying that kind of thing or is that you know you they may be because there's a lot of retro future style 
video games, manga, and anime that I'll probably be discussing on the show. But they're influenced a lot by Western culture more than than most Western people would know about. Like mm. they're they're really influenced by that stuff. Like there's a lot of famous Western fiction that gets popular over there or converted or translated into other mediums. And then, you know, the artists, the creative artists that be in Japan take that and make their own ideas. And um It's a really fertile ground that you're treading. It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. I thought it would be a really fun place to hang my hat and discuss because it's something I really love and um, like I said, there's a broad range of stories that we can discuss about it and even philosophies that happen with this and and warnings from this fiction for everybody or just for things people to think about. Like I always like one of the things I think about is AI. Like I don't know how far we should push that. It's thinking of this fiction and obviously some of these other creatives have thought about that and where we want to go with that. I think about that line in Jurassic Park. They kept trying to see if they could. They didn't stop to see if they should. That is a great line. I yeah. would. That's kind knew, of retro um, futurist. In, <laughs> almost in a nutshell. Yeah. They were so, so preoccupied with whether or not they could. They didn't think if they should. Yeah. I would love to, to jump in on that one if you ever get a chance because it's one of my favorite topics as well. Oh, like, all right. We AI. got it. We're going to do yeah. Jurassic Park. And that just, I mean, that's just <laughs> Not another Park. idea of AI. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, specifically, yeah. Yes. Um, and even one that, that might be difficult to talk about would be the atom bomb. That to me is is like the beginning of retrofuturism. Mm. I, I, can thought, I don't want to end this interview on such a heavy note. Let's move no, on. <laughs> well, it kind of, well, that's fine because I was actually going to take it in a direction that was kind of like that. And I know we're running a little bit short on time, but I wanted to ask you because so much of the retro future content that's out there is like you said, kind of warning. It's got like this. Um, it's trying to herald like the possible mistakes and pitfalls that mankind can fall into. Do you find yourself to be more of a future optimist or pessimist? You know, yeah, I think, I think I myself live a life. I look for the good in all things. And I think of myself as an optimist. Um, I think that this fiction and these stories are written just to make us more aware of what could be and what we should watch out for. But, um, you know, I don't know if everybody sees that everybody, I think everybody that enjoys this genre, I think understands that. I think a lot of people that can't get into this genre, cause I know, I know people that can't get into this stuff. I think it's because mm -hmm. they know that if they read it, they would probably open their mind to the fact that, they're living in a world where maybe things aren't going as well for the planet as they hoped. Something a little bit living in denial to a degree. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Um, you don't want to face those things, but if we but don't it's face hard them, to know, I'm not them. a, I'm not a, uh, a prophet, you know, or sightseer. I couldn't say any of that. I just, I just enjoy, I think, I think the fun part for a genre is it lets you take, 
the real world and throw it in a blender and spin it around (laughs) and see where the stuff flies and have a fun story with that. And it's kind of fun. And it gives you a good, it gives a great backstory for anything. If you, if you ever wanted to write some fiction, you're like, Oh, well the planet blew up because of nuclear war, then you can kind of do anything from there. (laughs) You can do anything from there. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about any other backstory, but if you're trying to write a story in our current real world and you want it to be taken seriously, there's a lot of detail you have to mm-hmm. include and in history. But if you want to have a little fun, you can uh, blow up the planet. <laughs> it can be complete ecological disaster, nuclear disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you have a favorite? And I know that's really digging deep too. That's asking a lot too. Do you think you might have a favorite version of the retro future? Oh, a favorite version of the retro yeah. future. Like, and like, do you particularly lean towards retro future from the fifties? I mean, I think, and once people kind of get a, a look at this, they're going to know exactly what they're looking at. Um, right. No, I mean, probably if I, it would be like what you would see labeled as cyberpunk. And that's okay. probably the influence of Blade Runner like that that weird sort of like it was the eighties and we thought 2020 was going to, everybody was going to have like robotic limbs and the ability to hack in a computer with just your eye sockets and laser swords and (laughs) machine guns with smart sights built into your retina, stuff like that. That, that stuff is cool and fun. And, um, very i think if you grew up in the 80s that's probably what like i did that's probably the kind of retro future they really like but i do dig that 50s retro future kind of like the fallout games have where you know and it's got that 50s commercial jingle music to it (laughs) (laughs) the robots are very chromey yeah yeah no that stuff's all fun too and you know it's all that's what i mean it's there's a lot of fun topics to to be had in this genre i'm interested in the things that we thought we'd have and that we didn't get and things we didn't even dream of that, that have come to pass yeah right That's interesting. Like, yeah. i i don't think that very many people would have imagined uh the extent to which we rely on the internet even i mean i don't think that there was really that much portrayed in works of the past of the internet but i mean you're the expert I mean, oh yeah, you know what? That's a, that's a challenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. <laughs> that's awesome. Something to look forward to for your listeners. Yeah, yeah. And you just gave me another idea for something that I'll have to make a note of because it's awesome. something near and dear to my heart. Ooh, <laughs> exciting! Well, hey, Optimus, thank you for taking the time to introduce us to the Retro Futurist Culture Podcast. Uh, we're excited to hear it. Uh, it's so glad that you're uh, along for the ride and we, we're going to get uh, uh, I don't know we're going to get get this all rolling here soon yeah I'm looking forward to it. like I said I've got a I've got a great number of ideas um, I'm hoping to get everybody from ruminations to jump on the show um, maybe get a poll of all the guys and see what their favorite stuff is so I can get them on and I've got plenty of other guests I'm lining up I got a very very special guest in the works who's working on a very very special project to be released in the west for the first time on blu-ray and I can't wait I can't give you all the details now but just know it's going to be a retro futures culture exclusive interview Oh, <laughs> little taste, a little tease from Optimus, host of the upcoming podcast, Retro Futurist Culture. 
production by Ruminations Radio Network. Optimus, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. All right. We'll catch you guys all later and have a great night. Peace.